Hey everybody, it's LaShanta here, your favorite sexuality coach. On today's episode, we're talking BDSM. Yep, you heard that correctly. We are talking about the culture of BDSM. That lifestyle that raises so many eyebrows will be discussed right here, right now with author Stormy Jordan. She's here to dispel all of those myths that may be racing through your mind. I'm sure you're probably thinking, why are we talking about this? I'm gonna tell you why. Because Talk To Me Sexy is meant to educate the masses while offering uncensored, shameless conversations about sex, relationships, intimacy, and self-love. Look, I'm going to warn you now. There are going to be some WTF moments. There are going to be some jaw-dropping moments. There are going to be some OMG moments. But all we ask you to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy. And of course, listen with an open mind and a pair of headphones if you're at work and have some little people around. Enjoy. Okay, everybody, I just want to welcome you to the Talk Sexy to Me podcast. I am super excited today because I have never, ever in my life had this conversation before. Um, The lady that I'm about to introduce you to first, I want to let you know that she's just not some random lady, okay? I've known this lady for approximately eight years. Uh, because mm-hmm. I was pregnant with my youngest Eli, you know, y'all favorite nephew. Um, I was <laughs> pregnant with him when I met her and I'm super excited because I get to share this with her. And when I messaged her, I was like, Hey, I know you're like a master of all things. Right. And I know we've had a little bit of conversation. I noticed your thing. So I really wanted you to be this person. You were the only person Stormy, that I could think of that would be perfect for uh, this podcast. All right. So, you guys, a little bit about Stormy. So, Stormy began writing when she was 10 years old, you know, to escape abuse that she endured as a child. As an adult, she has literally walked through the fires of hell. And that is not lightly speaking. I have been through some of those fires. A hell with Stormy, huh? Yes. But you know what? <laughs> the great thing about that is she has never lost her voice. She has never lost her passion. She has always just kept on going. And I absolutely love that about her. She is a oh, amazing woman. So she kicked her professional writing career off with a non-fictional novel entitled now it's t.i.e.d. I'm gonna Correct. call it tied. Okay, so that's that's what I thought it was. So this it's an, actually it's another acronym. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, we're gonna talk about acronyms here in a minute. I have a funny story to tell you, but it's actually a book that showcases the real culture of BDSM, right? Right. Right. Well, the better book is Bound. Okay. <laughs> Tide was the first one. It was just meant to be a pamphlet. Bound is the one that if if you're going to buy my book, that's the one you're going to want to buy. Okay. Awesome. I'm so grateful that you shared that with me. We're actually going to talk about your book a little bit later because everybody needs this book. You guys (laughs) need to read this book. Okay. So, Stormy, (laughs) let's tell everybody about this wonderful world of BDSM. Okay. Again, this is the first time I've ever had this conversation. So I'm sitting here like, okay, what's next? 
there, there's a lot that encompasses it. And actually, Shanta, as you and I were talking a little bit earlier over Messenger, um, those of us in the lifestyle, we can still be fired from our jobs just for being in this lifestyle. Because the psychology, the DSM-5, and, and every DSM since the beginning of time, um, since the beginning of psychology, has deemed it a deviant lifestyle. Something must be wrong with them. They must be abnormal and have psychological problems. Now, so you're um, so you're saying this is still current. Like this is a, a way back in the day asylum type mental health thing. You're saying right now, yes, this is still an issue within mental yes. health. It that is an issue with mental health. And we, we do, our lifestyle does attract some people with mental health issues. We attract people that have been abused. We are, and I, um, we can get into this a little bit later if you would like, but mm -hmm. our lifestyle is a perfect place for predators to hide. Really? Well, you know, I can, I can see that. You know, like, and it's, it's horrible. I mean, when we when we catch a predator in our lifestyle, we point them out to everybody that we know, and we spread it via word of mouth, internet, blogs, you know, every way that we can. We don't just let them. We're not like, oh, <laughs> go ahead, hide here. No. Right. Oh because my goodness! Requires so much trust. Hmm. Wow. So. I want you to tell everybody, okay, what you identify as in this world. And then I want you to tell everybody what the heck that means. I am a dominant female. And okay. there are various types of dominants and submissives. You, a dominant can be male or female. There can be thin doms, which is financial dominance. Um, there, there can be fake dominance. I, I hate using that word. I, mm -hmm. I truly do. Um, but there's really nothing else to call them. It's people okay. that pose as being dominant, that they're not really dominant. Oh. There are some people that I've met, them and they're submissive, and their submissive is more dominant than they, they are, and they claim to be the dominant. You know, so, so it's, there, there are a lot of different aspects to, to it. Um, a dominant, basically, since you did ask me that a little bit ago, um, a, and you're going to love this, dominant okay. submission in every aspect of our lives, there's a dominant position and a submissive position. You see it more readily in the animal kingdom. If you think mm -hmm. about lions and wolves and things like that, um, you see it a lot in business, politics, and the, especially, wait for it, the parent-child relationship. Yeah. <laughs> As a parent, you have to dominate your children. That's true. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You have to be their guide. You have to be their teacher. You're the one that they come to when something's wrong. You have to be their teacher. 
And that's essentially what dominance is. It's being that leader. It's being the one to make the final decision and having the power and the control to do what needs to be done. Um, submission is a bending of the will to the dominant party. It's allowing oneself to be guided, trained, and yielding to that partner that holds the power and control. The dominant so, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right here about the submissive thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, in today's let's say we'll just say today's relationship, right? Like you hear the the woman has to be submissive to her man type deal. Right? Oh, like, so 1950. <laughs> like you hear that all the time. There is a subsect of BDSM devoted to 1950s households. What? <laughs> that is so 19. It's 2019, y'all. I'm just saying, you know, that's a really big thing, you know, in order for your man to lead, you got to be submissive. And you know, that, just, that really causes a lot of issues in a lot of households. It's like, what? I need Say to what? Say to that, Shanta. What? They can't fuck them if they can't take a joke and joke them if they can't take a fuck. I am doing I guess right. Here, so you know, I'm not gonna excuse my language. Hey, I mean, look, it, it, it's a podcast about BDSM and sexual health. Like, if you have to watch right. your language for this, then maybe, maybe they aren't listening to the proper podcast, right? Because right. the goal of this podcast is to keep it raw, raw and real, and real, okay? No, never. Dear people, <laughs> like no sugar coating. Okay, my people know me; they get me. Okay, so, <laughs> right. so <laughs> there are there are various types of dominance. There are various types of sub- submissives. Um, and and we can really break it down if you want to get into the nitty gritty but for right now yeah. we'll just there's there's normal dominant there, there's your normal run of the mill dominant and then there's master oh or mistress mistress oh okay. as, as submission goes there are submissives mm-hmm. and there are slaves submissives and slaves okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now the master mistress slave relationship mm-hmm. is a lot. And, and I know I touch on this in my book. Um, it is a lot like what you're thinking, Shanta. It is a lot like, you know, a couple hundred years ago, the oh. actual master slave, just not as harsh. Okay. However, however, there is a few people strong black men in fact and i interviewed one of them that Wait a actually Wait. yes for my book oh okay. <laughs> we're interviewing people for this hey but a white dominant female to be their mistress and treat them just like they were 200 years ago what? oh no that is beyond my i like i i don't understand that I don't know. It's 
we're a fringe society. And even as a fringe society, we have our fringes. Yeah, you're right. You are right. Hmm. So we can definitely uh, talk, like, I, look I'm at a loss for words I'm like uh, I don't know about that like that's not for me that's not my cup of tea but everybody has their cup of tea right like every like people just have their <laughs> they just have their kinks and while I am speaking of kinks right can you tell us what the difference in kink and fetish is is there a difference <laughs> Actually, there is. There's a big difference. A kink, just like the dictionary definition, is a bend. In the lifestyle, it just means a bend in the rules. It's an unconventional way of doing something that people, that some people, including, like I was talking about earlier, the psychological form of it, you know, coming from, you know, psychiatrists and stuff, the DSM. Five, mm-hmm. believe to be deviant because it doesn't conform to vanilla ideologies or Judeo-Christian teachings. A fetish, on the other hand, it can range from sex to business, art, even anthropology. For your purposes, we're talking about the sexual aspect of fetish, which means to derive pleasure from an object or a body part that usually tends to have little or no importance to actual intercourse. Like people that uh, make feet fetish. Well, I mean, I, you could use your feet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll say pantyhose fetish. Pantyhose? Okay. There is such a thing, and and I can actually almost understand that one because I remember being little, curled up against my grandma's leg, and she wore stockings all the time, and I used to rub my hand up and down her leg because it was so silky. <laughs> That's really funny. That's really funny. Oh, my goodness. But a better question for this particular part, mm-hmm. the difference between a kink and a fetish, maybe... What's the difference between kink and the BDSM lifestyle? Ah, so, okay. Okay. Kink is pretty much about instant gratification. It's a specific fetish or set of fetishes, whereas the BDSM lifestyle is just as much about the psychological effects on the minds of the, of the person or persons involved as it is the physical effects on the body. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. I'm learning lots. I'm learning lots here. Uh, listeners, don't judge me, but I also have a pen here and I'm writing stuff out because I'm like, hey, that's an interesting note there. You know? <laughs> so, so, you guys, what's, what's really funny about this is, is I created a series of questions and I sent them over to Stormy. And I was like, hey, look at these questions and answer them. And she answered them. And then I think today she was like, I answered the more. And so I was thinking about them while I was working. And I was like, oh, no, this doesn't quite explain what needs to be said. Right. So I am literally hearing this stuff for the first time, just like you all. So. <laughs> So while you all are like, oh my gosh, I am sitting back like, oh my gosh, you know, but it's so, so funny. It's so amazing. Now, funny. We, we keep, 
literally picture the look on your face oh. as I'm talking. You know what? My cheeks are starting to hurt <laughs> <laughs> because I have literally been smiling the entire time. And I'm sure it's kind of when you hear me talking, you can probably hear it. Uh huh. So, Stormy, we've been talking about this term BDSM since the podcast has started, right? What I need you to do is to tell everyone what BDS is, BDSM is. And I'm sorry, guys. My question originally to Stormy was, what does each of the letters mean? And this is why I love her because. She's kind of like me, like she's kind of a smart ass. So, <laughs> so her response was, which letters? We have several acronyms and I giggled. I was like, what? There's more than just, you know, there's like this whole array of shit. I had no idea it even existed. But if you could just tell us what BDSM stands for and then we could go into some of the others. You know, absolutely. Great. Okay. So BDSM <laughs> and my actual original response was which letters? We have several acronyms. I assume you mean BDSM. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it stands for bondage, discipline, dominance, submission. Okay. Bondage, discipline, dominance, and submission. So you've definitely mm-hmm. gone over dominance, you've gone over submission. Bondage, I feel like it's kind of self-explanatory, right? Yeah, kind of self-explanatory. Like, tie me up type stuff, right? (laughs) um, Shackles, I actually recently bought a set of shackles. Oh. Um, I did, for the ankle. Okay, okay. There's handcuffs, there's shackles, there's collars, there's rope that can be tied in these beautiful intricate knots called shibari okay. oh god it's thing you'll ever see in fact the cover of my book has a picture of a man bound in shibari on it and it looks like a tree oh my goodness so answer this for me you know is this something that is kept in the privacy of your home is it something where, where if you're comfortable <laughs> enough, you can be like, come on, we going out type deal. Or, like, It can be public. It can be in a group setting. It can be private. It just it all depends on what, what you're seeking. Okay. So times that, you know, you're dominant, you're dominant and submissive couple will keep it behind closed doors in their own home mm-hmm. there are times that they'll go to a local munch and possibly act out a scene there are other wait, venues wait, of wait, 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 a local what munch i i can't remember what that acronym is for but basically a munch is like a brunch only it's with bdsm folk you know, I'm not going to lie. I heard munch, and I just automatically thought oral sex. sex. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, oh, wait. This might be something I'm interested in. Um, <laughs> wow. 
So yeah, it's basically it's a group of BDSM lifestylers okay. that get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they plan, you know, on meeting at a specific place at a specific time. They usually only happen about once a month. Okay. Uh, and it's usually a very public venue. Sometimes it's, you know, in somebody's home or what have you. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, it's a public venue. And newbies can come and it's a place, you know, that they can be safe, that they don't have to worry Again, there are predators in every lifestyle. Okay. Yeah. You gotta be careful. You know, um, they're, they're normal red flags, like what you get just as a, a person going into, say, the grocery store or the bar late at night. You know, there are specific red flags. You know, when the hair on the back of your neck stands up, you yeah, know to walk away. Absolutely. So, like you said, there are predators in every lifestyle, right? You know, um, speaking to another individual, and um, I'll be having someone come on and speak about um, the lifestyle, the swinger lifestyle, right? And mm-hmm. there are tons of clubs here in the Houston area, but you, like, if you're a single man, they will not allow you in. So you have to be That's correct. That you have to be escorted in with a female. But it's weird yes. because they will allow a woman to just come in and you know Right. That's because traditionally women are less threatening. Yeah. We're not as big, as physically big or as physically strong mm-hmm. as a male. Okay. So we're were considered less threatening. I don't know. This, which, this, this new stuff which is was means accurate. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, I don't know if you've heard the latest news about Cardi B and her drugging people and putting them in her car, you know. So I'm just saying, you know. Right. It's, it's not accurate, but it is done for safety yeah. reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get that. I totally understand. I swingers that when they set up an event they won't let people come unless they're couples oh yeah that makes sense like there'll be no single people just roaming around here you know right okay yeah that that makes sense and that does seem safe that's good that's cool so going back to these acronyms right so we've done the bdsm so i see you have something on here prick P-R-I-C-K. What is that? That stands for Personal Responsibility Informed Consensual Kink. Okay. So So that that one kind of goes in hand with SSC, Safe, Sane, Consensual. Okay. Uh, It's basically owning that you are personally responsible for yourself and your personal welfare. You you have to come into this knowing the risks and understanding the risks and the rewards that are involved in BDSM and accepting them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's really important. Um, I was reading, you know, your kind of definition here, and it says, used by those of us in the lifestyle to help vanilla people understand that we have not lost our minds. We are not right, you know, and that we do go into these relationships willingly, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, because generally when people hear the term BDSM, it's like, mm, 
uh, or we are like, it's like that, that. First of all, who would do that on their own, right? Like, who would just go into this stuff just all willy nilly, right? And then people, here we go. You know what I'm about to do, right? Then people associated. Well, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. Everything about Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> was BDSM, and I know you have your like <laughs> your own personal you know, thought. She used to be on my Facebook friends list, and I bashed her book so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Did you? Yeah, and I kind of feel bad about that because she seems like a nice person from the few very short interactions that we've had in the various Facebook groups that we have in common. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We've never really talked directly to each other, just been on the same thread talking about things. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly like author groups and stuff like that. So, you know, I asked you the question, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in, this, in this series of questions, it was, you know, it's 50 Shades of Grey, a good or a bad representation of BDSM, and you basically were just like, hell no, it ain't oh. good. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing, all right? The, the only good thing that came about with Fifty Shades was that it added BDSM into the general public awareness. It, it, it gave us general public awareness for our community. Okay. But like I said, we can still get fired from our jobs over this lifestyle. Wow. The Fifty Shades series, E.L. James came out in an interview and told the interviewer that the book was meant to be about an abusive relationship. She had no idea about anything about BDSM. Yet she still keeps putting these books out and she still has not done the research. Wow. So she's just like, this is what I think it is. I'm going to write about it. Here is my biggest problem with these books. Any dom, any dominant worthy of the title is never going to take somebody new to lifestyle and drop them into the deep end of the pool and say, swim or drown. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just not going to do that. Okay. So it's a process. Right. There's a very long process. We, we have to, it takes us a very long time for the dominant and the submissive to build that level of trust to start playing together. And and somebody walks up to you and says, get on your knees now, slut, and you do it, you're just this culpable. You should walk away from that person. Mm. Mm. I I don't care if you're submissive. I don't care if you're dominant. I don't care who you are. You should never, ever, ever Play with somebody the first time you meet them. Wow. Period. Wow. Never. And and no, no dominant or submissive master or slave is going to require play the first time they meet face-to-face. Okay. In fact, there won't be play for a few face-to-face meetings. Wow. Because it takes time, just like in vanilla, regular, everyday life, it takes time to build trust between friends, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So BDSM 
it takes even longer because you are literally at some points putting your life, Mm -hmm. your actual life and death in somebody else's hands. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh my goodness. So you mentioned play sessions, like you'll never do, you'll never play Mm -hmm. on that first, you know, encounter, right? So can you tell me what a play session is? Like what the heck is Absolutely. I do want to talk back really quick on the 50 shades question Uh though. Um, If you guys want to read a good fictional series about BDSM. Anne Rice wrote four very fabulous books called the Sleeping Beauty series. You can find them on her website, annerice.com. So if you want a, a, a good toe curling, hair setting on fire, eyes rolling back in your head, taboo look at fictional BDSM, Okay, so say that again. <laughs> say that name again. Anne Rice, the the woman that wrote Queen of the Damned and Lestat and uh, millions of vampire books. A n n r i c e dot com, and it's the Sleeping Beauty series. Oh, nice, the Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, okay. she she did write it under a pen name, so it'll be like A N some kind of crazy long fifty cent word name. <laughs> so don't worry, guys. Yeah. What I'll do is um, I will definitely put that information like attached to podcast links, so you guys can have that information for later. Um, I'm also I'm going to say this again later, but I want to say <laughs> it now. I want to make sure that you guys have all of Stormy's information. For her book, and she actually left us with some resources too, and we'll just go over that later. But um, back to play session. <laughs> I am actually really glad and psyched that you asked about this because everybody thinks that all of BDSM is nothing but kinky sex twenty four seven, and that's not at all. Like there's other stuff. <laughs> Yeah, there's other stuff. So a play session, um, not all of, and I kind of want to read the answer that I wrote because it explains articulately, not all of BDSM or sex is fetish or kink play. We have real lives, real jobs, and dare I say it, vanilla sex. I don't believe it. PlayStation is a time when two or more consenting, sane adults agree to some sort of power control play. Um, this could be play of a sexual nature or not. It could be in public or private. It could mean that there is an actual scene taking place. Or it could just mean going out somewhere and having fun with your submissive on a leash and collar. Okay? Mm-hmm. I see could be as simple as the submissive answering the door for her dominant in the nude or washing the dishes and doing other household chores. It could be as complex as the Shapiri knots that I was telling you about and binding someone in hundreds of feet of silk rope. Um, it could be six people 
It could be two people. It could be an entire crowd watching. I'm all about observing and learning. Right, right. And it could. It could very well be a teaching session for other people watching as an audience. Mm -hmm. It could be a submissive being suspended in midair with nothing under them and only the ropes holding them in place. Or it could be a time for punishment or rewards. It could even become a role play, such as doing something like a consensual non-consensual uh, consensual non-consent scene. Hmm. Consensual non... Say that again? Consensual non-consent. Oh. What the heck is that? <laughs> okay. Consensual non-consent. Consensual non-consent <laughs> is a rape scene. Where Siv knows that they're safe, but they have the feelings of, like, it, it looks and it feels in that moment like an actual rape. Oh, my goodness. Safe. Mm -hmm. And if they say the safe word, everything stops immediately. Wow. All right. So I'm so glad you mentioned safe words, right? Because... A few um, of the people, you know, when they're talking about this, they're always like, I don't know, you know, you'll hear guys say, you're not putting no cuffs on me, I don't want to be hurt, or, you know, there's a lot of women that are afraid of this, like, a lot of, there's more women that I've worked with, because, remember, I've done pure romance, like, forever, right, so, these women are like, I want to try this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and then they're calling me, and they're like, so what's your refund policy? And I'm like, sorry, boo-boo, I, I, there's no refund. Um, what's the problem? <laughs> I'm like, what's the problem? But the biggest problem is, you know, they bought all this stuff and their partners are just like, hell no. They're scared. They don't want anything to do with it. But I think a lot of it is because they just don't understand and they're afraid, right? So, you know. Absolutely. What what do you tell those people? Like, if they're afraid that they're going to be hurt, they're afraid they're going to hurt their partners. How do you reach the biggest them? biggest thing that everybody needs to know is while yes, there can be abuse and there can be actual rape, real rape in our lifestyle. Right. It's it's not abuse if it's consenting. If you are both mentally healthy, mm -hmm. if you have both adults, it is not abuse. I, I had a partner at one point. He was very, very vanilla. This was way back before you and I met, Shanta. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted some things. And he wouldn't do them. Because he, he was raised Catholic. And, oh my God, that's abuse. No, it's not. So I made him do those things, even though he was not okay. Like we sat and we had long conversations and it took weeks and weeks of priming him with information from the internet and some of the resources that I've given you, um, tons and tons of research and then him doing little things like, you know, cause even though I'm dominant, there are certain ways that just get me all hot and bothered if they're done properly. Smack my ass just right or pull my hair just right, I'm soaked. Huh. 
So I, I had to physically make him do something to me and then stick his hand between my legs so that he could feel the physical reaction that I was having to what I was having him do to me so that he could understand what, you know, something may have hurt. I wasn't actually in pain because I am a very rare person. I am sadistic and masochistic. <laughs> so, you know, there, there are some things that I really like and, you know, a lot of things I don't. Is that any better? Oh, that's way better. Am I still yeah. chopping? Okay. I had to adjust my earbuds. Sorry. But it's really, and I can't state this enough, it's really about building that trust, having that information at your hands. Um, you, you have to have a partner that is willing to learn and grow with you. You both need to be interested. You need to set limits, especially early on when you're just beginning. Uh, you, you have to set limits. Most limits... There are two kinds of limits. There are soft limits and hard limits. Soft limits are things like, oh, I don't want you putting anything in my butt. Mm, okay. That can be pushed. Anal play, that, that's a soft limit that can be pushed. Yeah, you can eventually work up time. to that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So limits and most, most submissives and most dominants that have been in the lifestyle for any amount of time will tell you that Usually, the typical hard limits are children, animals, dismemberment. Uh, first of all, you said yes, yes, you heard that correctly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's like? Wait, say that again, and why? Like, children, <laughs> animals, dismemberment. Those are hard limits. Hard limits. Some hard limits can be pushed with a lot, a lot of years of trust built. Um, the three most common and the th and two of which, well, one of which really doesn't get ever pushed is children. Yeah, yeah. Bestiality, like I said, we're a fringe society, so there, there are, are fringes. Are yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> And you've seen it in the news here recently a few times. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and they weren't lifestylers. They were just people doing their dogs. <laughs> but dismemberment, yes, that is actually a thing. Right, because I was like, wait, I didn't hear that correctly. You're like, no, you didn't hear it. <laughs> we typically don't call it dismemberment. We typically call it voluntary amputation. Okay. So I'm, you know, I honestly, like, I'm hearing this and I'm like, wow, shit happens. They got really, like, into it. But you're saying, like, this is voluntary. Like, we're, we're right. Oh, like, it's just not an accident that I'm going to miss something. Huh? Wait, I'm going to chop your arm right. off. Just, right. you know. Just bear with me. This is, Bear with me. It, it may hurt just a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, death would be another hard limit. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So. Yeah, but <laughs> people that literally asked me to have scenes with them and kill them. Like, literally wow. kill them. Not just... So, so yeah. They, we have our crazies, too, and we try to take yeah, them know, out. Again, and- everybody's into their own stuff, right? Like, who are we to judge what people are into? But my thing is, but, like, when you're doing that stuff, and maybe your partner is like, okay, I've had enough, right? I'm done. That's where the safe word comes okay. in. And can you explain what a safe yeah. word is? Absolutely. Kevin Hart says pineapples. Oh, yeah. I use bubbles. Bubbles. Right. <laughs> I use bubbles. You may use something like taxi. The idea here is to pick a very short, sweet word that, you know, you're not going to say in a normal sexual conversation. Mm-hmm. Because... And your safe word cannot, and let me let me really stress this, it cannot be, oh, God, no, don't, or stop. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, you know, oh, God, no, don't stop. Right. You know, that that's really uh, funny you said that, too, because my, my <laughs> listeners are probably going to be like, what the hell, LaShanta, right? With <laughs> The thing is, like, the it's really hard when you're talking about consensual sex, right? Because the biggest thing is, is like, if they say no, you gotta stop. If no is no, right? No is absolutely no. But though, like, it kind of changes with some people. I'm gonna say with some people. Notice how I did that. It kind of changes with some people when you're in the midst of things. Like, those are their go-to words. Because, right. you know, it, it just does something to them and it does something to their partner. And they have this agreement that this is okay. But I can see where you're like, no, don't use those words. Because, like, yeah. real talk, because they don't sometimes, like, anything to us. Right. That's just... <laughs> right, because I'm like, even in just, like, a vanilla relationship, like, that, that kind of just makes stuff for people a little No, hard. okay. To us means go harder, right? Right. <laughs> you know. So you know, it's and that's why I was like, you know, my listeners are probably like Lashanta. You know, you're 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 treading, <laughs> treading But you know, I I 100% know. You know, no means no. Consistent sets. Like you have to if if this person says absolutely but, not, it's absolutely not. But the it. It not really changes. I'm, you know, Stormy, I'm not even going to say in your lifestyle. Like, I'm just going to say oftentimes just in, in <laughs> general, like, it's just different. You're like, you, you can be in a, in the middle of something. You're like, oh, yes. Oh, you, whatever. But you're not like, well, oh. no, because in the everyday world, mm-hmm. I don't care if. I am standing in front of a stadium filled with 40,000 men, completely booty butt naked, and I'm telling them all they can touch me the very second I say no. You need to stop touching me. That's right. Mm-hmm. Anything after that is sexual mm-hmm. assault. BDSM, mm-hmm. no, doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. That's why have safe words and that's why they're not common words you have to pick 
a short, simple word that you wouldn't use in a sexual vanilla conversation. Okay. So you want to use something like bubbles or taxi or pineapples. We tend to make our words short because we do things like breath play. And if your partner has no air, if you're, if you've got your hands wrapped around your submissive's throat and you're telling them when they can and can't breathe and they've had enough, they have to be able to whisper a word mm-hmm. or even mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So it be something. It can't be a paragraph long. It has to be something short, sweet, and to the point. Yeah. It can even be said without breath. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, so it's like if you're to the point where you're just flat out coughing, then um, right, yeah, no. because even that doesn't really mean anything to us. Because <laughs> really, well, okay, I want you to think of it like this: you're giving somebody head, they hit your tonsils, or oh, yeah. they hit the back, of your, they hit your gag reflex. You're gonna gag. True, that's true. Gagging. You know, that's just another fetish. Mm-hmm. You're right. But if you have a really fantastic dominant that pays attention, that you have built up trust with, and I urge you, if you are going to do any type of edge play, like breath play, knife play, fire play, needle play, make sure that you have years and years and years of trust built up with your dominant partner. Mm-hmm. If you're submissive and vice versa, because you need to know their body language. You need to know I can push the submissive through this orgasm and it's going to be huge. And the submissive is going to have an asthma attack. But they're going to feel so much relief once I push them through it. But I have to stop the second they start having an asthma attack and I have to hand them their inhaler. Okay. Okay. You have to you have to have that knowledge of your partner, that trust, and all of that before you you really start playing. Man, so like if I say it today, you know, I think I want to do this. Right? How in the world would I even begin? Like, do I have to buy stuff? Is it expensive? Oh, it can be. The most costly thing that BDSM is going to, the, the thing that's going to cost the most in the BDSM lifestyle is your trust and your time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it can't be replaced. Sure. They're gone. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, there are various toys. There are, I mean, you, <laughs> so... Oh, you have to okay. have. I stumped you. To, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you you have to have the desire to do it. Okay. You have to have a healthy sense of self-preservation and extreme amounts of patience. Be willing to either look for a partner and take the time to build that trust, or already have a partner, because that's kind of helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, or, I already do this, but I have nobody in mind. I'll put a Facebook post out there. You know, I don't hold back anything. Hey, looking for a partner too. You know. Because you're gonna 
trolls and you're going to attract predators. <laughs> um, but you need to decide and you know, if you're submissive or believe you're submissive, try a dominant partner. If that isn't what turns you on, you should get a submissive. Okay. Um, but the, like I said, the costliest thing in our lifestyle is trust. Beyond that, there's toys, there's costumes, there's clothing, there's furniture, there's events and it can get very very expensive it just depends on your types of fetishes your desires what you or you and your partner want to do like do you want to go to every event do you want to have every toy do you want to have every book do you want to pick and choose you can make your own toys i make floggers on my website i was actually about to ask you about that i was like so i remember back in the day you used to make okay i still do and i'm i'm toying with different materials for floggers and different kinds of fetish items mm-hmm. um but you can make your own you can use things around the house for example everybody knows what a mortal and pestle is right for the kitchen yeah. grind up earth mm-hmm. that pestle makes a really fabulous glass dildo yeah yeah i can see that <laughs> I can or see that. a plug yeah well you know when you mentioned that that was that the first place my brain went um not necessarily <laughs> you know i just thought butt plug like that was i don't know it, it can be put in any hole right a, a tennis well not a tennis ball maybe um not a ping pong ball that would be too small and could get swallowed, but you can use like, you know, those big fat bouncy balls that you get out of the gumball machines, the great big ones that you get for your kids out of gumball machines. Mm-hmm. You can use this as a gag. Okay. So I'm, gl- I'm glad you said gag because I thought you were going to say, and, and guys, I have to throw my PSA out there. I have worked in healthcare and surgery way too long. <laughs> Of things up your butt, it is a vacuum. Right, like about putting things up your butt, it is a vac vacuum. So if you are going to put things up your butt, can we just make sure, like, make the, sure they're specially made? Yeah, they're specially made. The bases are um larger, so there's no way for anything to get sucked up there. You know, so, and they have the little hoop on the end. Right, and. Pull them out. Do not do it like you're trying to start a lawnmower. You are going to rip somebody's guts out. Rip you a new asshole, literally. Literally, guys. I have to throw that out there, Stormy. I'm sorry. You know? Yeah, no. no. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it, it can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on what you want. You could completely. If you have a basement or a spare room or something, you could completely have somebody come in, professionally soundproof it, buy all the, you know, neatest toys and furniture and set it up as if it were a for really real dungeon. Hmm. And there you go. So it can cost, financially, it can cost a lot of money. Wow. Or you can just buy a few basics from your local pleasure store. (laughs) Yeah, you can go to your pleasure store. You guys, don't forget, not only am I a podcast host, I'm a sex 
sexuality coach, and I've been a pure romance consultant forever. So if you've ever decided that you want to pure romance consultant, definitely get them from a pure romance consultant. Wait for it to be shipped. I know, right? <laughs> or if you have an amazing pure romance consultant, they literally only got to go in your closet and pull it out for you. They already got it in stock. Okay, here is that. <laughs> I want to order from you, by the way, oh, but hey. I, I have to get my my big car payment out of the way. I hear I'm paying you. off taxes. Oh uh, my gosh, I hear you. Let's talk about resources yeah. because we've gone into like your romance stuff. We've gone into you know going into your local store. Um, you've even talked about different books earlier on. I want I want to showcase you. I want to highlight you because again, the reason I ask you because I literally could not think of any other person that would be perfect for this podcast. I mean, so you, I appreciate that. There are tons and tons of great resources out there. Of course, I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. You can visit my website at stormyjordan.com. In addition to that, there's kink.com, wisdom.com, and I've already email or sent you all the different spellings so that you have Mm -hmm. um have local munches in your area that you can look up all you have to do is just a google search type in local or munch near me m-u-n-c-h near me um altsubmission.com slash beginning is a fantastic resource for beginners and there's also the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. It's ncsfreedom.org. Okay. And there are also BDSM-friendly attorneys, just in case, really? because accidents. Yeah. Yes. Well, I guess well, there, I, is, there is somebody who... Um... We can go to jail very easily. We can get fired from our jobs very easily. All it takes... For us to go to jail mm-hmm. is having a nosy neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's, there's one in every neighborhood. I had a friend that lived in Canada. This was some years back. And he owned two slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a master. He owned two slaves. They both lived with him. All three of them worked. And that's something else that we should touch on later. But um, all three of them worked. And one night they decided to have a play party. Mm-hmm. So he, he and both of his submissives were, you know, doing a scene. And one of them screamed, beat me harder, master. Oh, And the neighbor oh. heard it. Oh, wow. Called the Canadian police. They arrested him. Because, because one of his submissives had bruises on her mm-hmm. and it was considered abuse it was considered domestic violence so we have to have attorneys wow. we have to have so my my question with that is like if you're in that type of situation and the police are coming to your house and all of you all are like no we were actually doing this you're telling sensual it doesn't matter that's why it is so so important to have factual information out there Mm -hmm. uh you know because 
we can get fired. We can go to jail, even though it's consensual. Because if you, you were in the military, LaShanta, mm-hmm. if, you know, you would come over to my house and seen my estranged husband all bruised and beaten, what would be your first thought? Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> what did you do? If he said it was consensual, you would have been like, oh, no, she beat the hell out of him. So you didn't beat the hell out of him, dude. (laughs) Right. Right. The police and various law enforcement officials automatically think that because this person is battered and bruised, that it's not consensual and they're being coerced to say what. Okay. Yeah. All right. I get that now. Wow. So, tracks. So there, there, there's like really no gray area here. <laughs> no. <laughs> tracks. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Oh man. So this was great. Literally legal contracts, people. <laughs> hey. I, you know, and people laugh at me because I will contract just about everything. Okay. Now, if it's not on paper, I'm not gonna be able to talk to you. Like that's me. And, you know, every every situation that I've been in, you know, even with my businesses, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in either you win or you learn. I'm never like a win or lose type person. I'm always you win or you learn. So every situation is a learning experience to me. And if I leave a, few years a fucked up situation, I'm coming back and I'm putting it in my contract that this ain't happening ever again. You know, right. And a few years ago, there was a man, I want to say Italy, I can't remember, I referenced it in my book, just to illustrate that, you know, there there are some really bad people that hide in our lifestyle. And then there are some people that are honestly just being consensual, sane adults Mm -hmm. that happen to have an accident. So there, there was this man that he his submissive and their play partner were in a public setting in a parking garage and he tied the submissive and the submissive play partner up because both ladies had wanted it. They all agreed to it. He had a knife close by just in case for whatever happened, he needed to cut ropes, what have you. So he tosses the rope over top of a beam in the parking garage and he counterbalances their weight with each other. They weighed around the same. So when one would struggle, the other one would have a little bit of freedom and breathing room. An accident happened because the play partner, not the girlfriend, fiance, soon to be wife, but the play partner started freaking out about being bound. And started struggling. And before he could get the knife to cut her loose, which was right there, mm-hmm. before he could get it, she strangled with the rope because she was struggling so bad. She strangled his fiance to death. Wow. And that man is serving time in prison because of it. She was in a coma. The play partner that struggled and everything was in a coma for three months. He did CPR on both of them until ambulances arrived. He tried 
everything in his power to save to save the fiance and to make sure that the other girl was okay. She was in a coma for like three months. She came out of it. Police questioned her. She testified that it was consensual. It was an accident, but he's still in prison. Wow. That is beyond me. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, no, this is what happened. We, we all agree that this is what we're going to do. And she's like, nope, still, nope. I mean, and that situation isn't really much different than, you know, turning your back for two seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally two seconds to grab a towel off of the toilet seat to dry your toddler off and your toddler drowns in that off. two seconds. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's a tragedy. It's an accident. Mm-hmm. He's got to pay for it in the eyes of the law. Yeah, you know, and you know, they're real good. Somebody has to pay for it. Oh, nope, this will never happen again. We need to make an example out of this person so nobody I mean, because think about it, we've already we've already had a conversation of this is extremely taboo. It's already written in the you know, the DSM one thousand. Um, I know there isn't. <laughs> you know, but it's 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 almost like, okay, well we're going to I can tell you exactly what DSM-5 says about it. Give me one second, because I copied and pasted a picture out of DSM-5 for what it says about our lifestyle. Wow. Girl, that is is beyond me. Okay, what does it say? Let's see. Paraphilic disorders. Sexual masochism disorder undergoing humiliation, bondage, or suffering. Uh, Fetishistic disorder involving non-living objects or having a highly specific focus on non-genital body parts. Transvestic disorder engaging in sexually arousing cross-dressing. What? Examples negative affectivity versus emotional stability submissiveness so if you're a submissive person by nature you you obviously have a mental disorder so are you and you're reading from the current dsm yes i actually copied and pasted sections of it into my book Mm -hmm. i took screenshots from it and put pasted them into my book. Mm. Wow. Well, Stormy, I want to say that's <laughs> that's how <laughs> I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this with me today. Um, I always worry. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're not gonna have you know, we're we're just gonna have dead air. Like we just. <laughs> We ain't going to have any time, but, you know, that absolutely was not the case today because (laughs) we have plenty on here to talk about, and it's so amazing. And again, I just want to thank you so very much, and thank you to everyone that has listened to this podcast. I am going to make sure that I include all of the links and all of the resources 
that Stormy talked about, um, her books, including Anne Rice books, including the website. Um, and I'm also, look, shameless plug, I'm also going to throw my pure romance. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my website out there too. And I cannot wait for you all to listen to our next podcast. I have some pretty amazing things um, for this series. And again, I'm so grateful that you all have joined us. Thank you and have a great, great day. All right. Bye, you guys. LaShanta, thank you so much for inviting me. You are me. so welcome. I so appreciate you. This was so fun.